Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Help, I'm addicted. Chapter 3, Resisting Temptation. The impossible is possible. We're going to get into a very good topic right now. In my book, Desperate for More of God, I mentioned a long bike ride I took in the desert years ago. After I rode a great distance, I turned around and began the long journey back to my truck. I then realized that I was completely out of water. Each mile brought a new level of thirst and desperation. I'm even getting thirsty thinking about this. My thoughts were consumed with water. Nothing else mattered. The calm scenery I had enjoyed minutes earlier lost its attraction. Would I make it back or would I die in the desert? Hope surged when I spotted my truck in the distance. Within minutes, I dropped my bike, forced the truck door open, and guzzled the remaining water. Dehydration and exhaustion quickly gave way to a refreshing sense of satisfaction. The desperate thirst I had been feeling was now satisfied. This parallels the thirst that God describes in his word. Those who thirst for him, which seek him with all of their heart, will be satisfied. Temptation seeks to draw us away from God. And here are a few ways to overcome temptation while seeking God. Number one, you can say no. Let me say that again. You can say no. The devil can't make you do anything. I Like Flip Wilson used to say. When I was a young, young boy, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He can only influence and deceive and lie to you, planting, planting thoughts in your mind. And do, you have to just say, do these thoughts line up with scripture? Or are they promoting the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life? All temptation is common to man, but God is faithful. Who, uh, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way of escape so that you can endure the temptation. Check out 1 Corinthians 10.13. Again, 1 Corinthians 10.13, memorize it. But if you fall, God can use that brokenness to rebuild if you surrender all to him. The power to say no is possible through the aid of the Holy Spirit. Endurance and perseverance are vitally important. Overcoming temptation is not easy, but it is possible. It was once a hallmark of the Christian life, and we need to bring that back. Persevering through pressure-filled times of temptation while trusting in Christ to see you through is often the most difficult part of overcoming. In other words, that temptation builds up. What do you do with it? You know, you have the temptation. Um, let me just think of examples. Uh, gosh, I'm hungry. My sugar craving, you know, my cravings are low, and I've got to, I've got to have that chocolate. But I know I committed to not eat today. And you just, ah, that, that, that few minutes of, of, you know, eventually that, that hunger hormone will dissipate and you'll feel better, but it takes time, that t- temptation, or, um, you just, you know, everything's going good, but now you have this sudden inclination to go up and, and click on the top of the screen and, um, you know, and, and watch things you shouldn't and, and just overcoming, just praying, letting that go and, 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 and it crescendos. Um, another example I've heard recently, was, you know, just everything's going good. And I just have this strong desire to stop by the liquor store and pick up, you know, a 12 pack and, and, oh man, it's so hard. And, and, and those are the, those, that's when the enemy gets us. It's, it's just at that, that mountaintop of temptation. 
So persevering through these pressured filled times of temptation while trusting in Christ to see you through is often the most difficult, but also the most rewarding part of overcoming temptation. So be encouraged. The desire will eventually leave and joy will follow. Here's the great thing about saying no to that temptation. Joy follows. Peace follows. Oh, satisfaction follows. But caving in, what follows? Guilt, shame, um, depression, and, and then you fall back into it because you're depressed and you fall back into it because you're depressed. you got to break that cycle of sin, defeat, returning to the sin, defeat, get back up, say, Lord, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to press in. I'm going to seek you like never before. And that's why the theme of this book is don't give up, look up and ask for God's help. Severe cravings and withdrawals are often part of the cleansing and renewing process, depending on what you're going through, fasting or removing certain addictions. Uh, there will be a season of withdrawals. Every hour that goes by is one step closer to your goal. That should help you when you're fasting. That's helped me many times before when fasting is, okay, if I can just get through you know, the next couple hours, if I can just get to bed and when I get up in the morning, now I'm 12 hours more into the fast and just, you know, it's just incredible how you can just break it up in, in one hour sections or one day, you know, get, just make it through this day. Make prayer, worship, and the study of his word a daily discipline, regardless of how you feel. We must reprogram our minds. God, God's word is true. Submit yourselves to God. Okay, James 4, 7. You submit yourself to God. And then as you're doing that, resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. That's the combination. Resist the devil and flee. And now it's not easy, but it is essential. If we find ourselves saying, I tried that, it just doesn't work. Well, maybe because of a few different reasons. Number one, we tried outward reform rather than inward renewal. Okay, check out, um, what that be chapter two on choosing to change from the inside out. Or even as believers, you're like, okay, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bare knuckle it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say no and I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna have this outward reform and this outward, uh, um, good work, which, that's why this is, is, is tricky water because, or tricky, trick, a slippery slope because we do have a responsibility to say no. I mean, let's be honest. The Bible tells us, you know, what, uh, just off the top of my head, resist the devil, make no provision for the flesh, uh, let this mind be in you, put on the whole armor of God. Um, uh, you know, and it goes on to these, these action words. Uh, so maybe you've tried outward reform, but never really fully surrendered your life to God, even as a Christian. Or number two, you give up when it becomes difficult. You just throw your arms up in the air and say, forget it. Why? This is useless. Why try? Or number three, we're relying on willpower rather than the power of the Holy Spirit. Both of those are important. The Holy Spirit empowers you to have self-control. Use your failures as stepping stones rather than excuses to continue the addiction. Somebody needs to hear that? I can tell. Use your failure as a stepping stone, okay, not a stumbling block to continue in the addiction. Say, okay, I've been messing up. I, I got to get back on track. This is not leading in a good direction. I need to make some serious changes. I need to bring this sin to the light. I need some help, accountability. I need some prayer. I need some help. I'm going to seek and dive in uh, to God like never before. And, and you've got to make some changes. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are caught in the throes of addiction, but they won't change their music. Uh, everything from, you know, just Metallica uh, to demonic music and and uh, well, I think that was fairly demonic for sure. But then maybe rap that's just so ungodly or 
uh, lustful songs and, you know, they're watching Beyonce and uh, Cardi B and uh, you name it. And, and so they're, they're, they're feeding these things that are not good and godly. They're feeding the old nature. And then they wonder why they're struggling so much with the old nature, because whatever you choose to obey becomes your master. You can feed sin or you can starve it. The choice really is up to you. So Christians should never say, I just couldn't help myself. Scripture is clear that we have a choice. First Peter 1 14 says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as is in your ignorance. In other words, don't conform yourself. Don't fashion. Don't shape yourself. Don't, don't make choices that reflect your former self. First John 3, 3 adds that everyone who has this hope in Jesus purifies himself just as he is pure. So we are purified because of the cross of Christ. We have Jesus's imputed righteousness. We can stand before God because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we don't purify ourselves in that way. John's not talking about that. He's saying uh, like holiness, you know, removing the impurities, removing the, the, the sin and confessing it from our lives. And we, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice that way as well. And 2 Peter 3.11 tells us that we ought to live holy and godly lives. These scriptures and many more reveal that we can make the right decision. Matthew Henry, a commentator back in the 1700s, I believe, said the more we follow that which is good, the faster and the further we shall flee from that which is evil. That's worth repeating. The more we follow that which is good, the faster and the further we shall flee from that which is evil. But again, be encouraged. God can use our failures and brokenness to rebuild our lives if we humble ourselves and ask him for help. Uh, the second point, number one, remember, was um, we can say no. Number two, don't plan ahead to sin. Don't plan ahead. Romans 13, 14 is huge. It talks about don't make a provision for the flesh. Before sin is acted on, it is conceived in the mind. For example, instead of planning a trip or a stop, I guess I should say, to get a drink, a pill, or a hit after work because you had a hard day, plan on exercising or reading. Be prepared for the hard days. Don't use them as an excuse to sin, but use them as a way to seek God more fervently. Instead of plotting how to get another 30-day prescription of painkillers, develop a 30-day health plan. Instead of scheming to look online when your spouse will be gone, prearrange God-centered activities. When we plan on sinning, we usually do. That's the kicker. And then we fight it. You know, we're, we're thinking, here's how it works. We're thinking about our mind. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good. I don't think God wants me to do that. And then we start to justify, but I've had a hard day. I've been doing good. And, and we start to, you've got to take that thought captive, say, nope, that's a lie. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to dwell upon it because usually where you dwell is eventually where you end up. It, it, there's no, 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 no secret to that. So don't use these things as an excuse to sin, but use these things as a way to seek God more fervently. Amen. When we plan on sinning, we usually do. It also helps to call someone you trust, a believing spouse is often best, and have them pray with you. This simple, this simple act exposes the darkness and strengthens us via humility. When we keep sin secret, it gains strength. So, you know, you have to use wisdom. I know there are some men who don't can't call their wife and say, hey, man, I'm struggling with lust right now because their wife really isn't in a good spot, mature maturity wise. And they might question, you know, like, what does that mean? Well, what are you looking at? Where are you? Where are you at? You know, and, but for the most part, you, you should be able to call somebody 
spouse and say, Hey, listen, it's a hard season right now this morning. Um, you know, let's, can you pray with me? And, you know, you, you bring it to the light instead of trying to suppress it. Uh, we know, we all know how suppressing a basketball under the water works, right? You know, you, you only hold it so long and it's coming up and it's going to smack you in the face. I've noticed that the enemy will build a stronghold, uh, in our lives one brick at a time, one compromise at a time. For example, Many fall back into alcoholism or other, you know, drug addictions by thinking they can have just one more drink or one more pill or one more hit after months or even years of abstinence. Or they begin drinking non-alcoholic beer, which contains minimal alcohol or fermented health drinks such as kombucha. And they keep that, 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 that taste and that, that, that hook is still there. And you have to be very careful in these areas. The small amount of alcohol may keep the addiction alive, much like a burner on low heat keeps a mill warm. Compromise, mu compromise must be eradicated, not warmed, and it must be removed, not welcomed. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you a side note. I've known people who didn't bring their wallet when they left the house during the first few weeks of recovery. No money, no struggle. They removed the temptation and didn't plan to sin. Others install location apps on their phones as a way of demonstrating transparency and accountability. These, preca these precautions aren't the answer in and of themselves, but they sure help. Think about that. Hey, I'm going to leave my wallet here or, uh, hey, here's my phone location as well. And, and what you're doing when you're fighting addiction, you have to put everything on your side that you can. <laughs> you know, you don't want to leave this little, I'll take my wallet. I've only got 20 bucks. That can't get me into too much trouble. Well, you're already in trouble if you're thinking like that. Um, now granted, you, at some point you gotta be able to carry money around and do things, but you know, that, that there, there is a window. You know, when you first start fighting addiction, there's, there's a window. Um, you know, things you have to remove from your home, things you need to be not watching and have friendships and that you shouldn't be hanging around with because they're not friendships or enemies causing you to sin. And so you've got to be very vigilant, you know, and even, even ongoing vigilancy, of, of course, is, is important, but you know, right at that onset is so important. Number three, take captive every thought. I just talked about this in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Just think about this for a minute, how important these three things are. Take captive every thought. And we also talked about don't plan ahead to sin. And then we said, and we talked about the power to say no. You can overcome the temptation. Those three things, boy, if you can, if you can master those three things, you're well on your way to freedom. So take every thought captive. When desire comes, change the environment. That often means exchanging friends who pull you down with new friends who will build you up. Or for some people, it might mean you're feeling an urge. You know, you got the computer open, you shut it down, you go take a drive, you do something. You remove yourself from that temptation. You take those thoughts captive. So you turn to prayer, you turn to worship, you open the word rather than social media, YouTube, television. You cannot fill your mind with the world and expect to overcome strongholds. You cannot fill your mind with darkness and expect the light of Christ to shine in your life. Strongholds are either strengthened or weakened by our thoughts. So choose wisely. Let me just open up here a little bit. When I would get the desire to drink in the early years or early days, I should say, um, and it began early in the afternoons, I had a choice. Would I continue to dwell on it for most of the morning or redirect my thoughts? If I lingered upon it, I would begin to compromise. I knew Romans 13, 14 very well. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. But unless I obeyed it, obeyed it, it carried little power and little authority in my life. And that's something you need to remember. Scripture without obedience does not carry the weight of the power of Scripture unless you obey it. 
You can know it because a lot of people know it, but they don't apply it. So James actually says they live in deception. Again, Romans 13, 14, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust by heart. I knew it by heart, right? Like many people, but I would willingly disobey. And that's why people lose power. They know the scriptures, but they have to obey them. Uh, many people plan ahead to sin. But on the flip side, if you pray when the desire surfaces and you go on a walk or study the Bible or refocus your, your attention, that desire will, will uh, subside. It will be minimized for sure. Victory is right around the corner, as you say, focused on taking each thought captive and don't give up, which leads me to the next point. Number four, continue regardless of immediate results. Amen? Continue regardless of immediate results. The flesh, which is our sinful impulses, and our feelings are not friends to be trusted. A quote often attributed to Puritan author John Owen, uh, Owen reads this way, Secret lusts lie lurking in your heart that will never give up until they are either destroyed or satisfied. That is so true. Lust lurking in the heart will never give up pulling you down until you either destroy it or you satisfy it. And when we satisfy it, we get caught back in the throes of addiction. Paul in Romans 8, 7 tells us that the carnal mind is an enmity against God. So there's something within us that is at war with God. In short, the flesh says, feed me so I can destroy you. Destroy your health, your relationships, your marriage, your soul, everything. It is out to destroy you. C.H. Spurgeon warned his congregants, Beware of no man more than of yourself. We carry our worst enemies within us. So true. And that's why perseverance and faith in God, regardless of how we feel, is vitally important. Because so many people fall back into bondage because they just don't feel good or they don't feel anything, or they don't feel like God is listening to them, or they don't feel that their prayers are being answered, or their their feelings were hurt. <laughs> so you got to get rid of how you feel and do what is right. Number five, it is God who makes us stand firm in Christ. Amen. Self-control is a wonderful gift from God, but it's not the answer in and of itself. Correct? We are utterly dependent upon God. When I am weak, then I am strong, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. And then 2 Corinthians 12, 9, right before that, God reminds us that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in our weakness. God rebuilds the broken, he exalts the humble, and he strengthens the weak. But we must create an environment for spiritual growth. Do your part and God will do his. Unmask the problem, install defenses, avoid whatever sparks sin, and revisit these points often. Keep this book handy, highlight, and go back through them as often as you need to. God is faithful to lead those who are willing to follow. The enemy tempts us and draws us away from God. God allows that temptation, though, to draw us back closer to him. So see, that's the way. The enemy tempts us and draws us away, but if I use that temptation... To, to turn back to God, repent, it can actually, it can actually be a, um, it can actually fuel the fires of my flame back towards God because that temptation again can draw you one way or the other. Uh, God doesn't ever tempt us, but we are tempted by our own desires when we are led astray. Check out James 1 when you get a chance. One of the most difficult challenges associated with pastoring, I've opened up about this before, is witnessing the tragic results of people dying spiritually because they have succumbed to temptation over a long period of time. Even though incredible encouragement is just a step away, 
John 4, 14, whoever drinks of the water that I have, I will give him. He will never thirst. Although most can quote, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, 6, many have never truly experienced this power, overwhelming uh, filling of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. Very few are truly hungry and thirsty for God and are willing to do whatever it takes to find him. This thirst is an all-consuming passion that will drive addiction out of your mind and away from your heart. If you are bound to sin and temptation keeps taking you down, admit it to God. Humble yourself and repent. Say, God, I'm so weak in this area. Please help me. I want the living water to overflow me with peace and purpose. Always remember, where our mind goes, our feet follow. In closing this chapter, I want to remind you of an important truth. Don't think about how to gratify sinful desires. Like I just said, where your mind goes, your feet will follow. Remove anything that causes you to sin. The man trying to kick a gambling habit shouldn't plan his next trip to Las Vegas. The unmarried young couple uh, trying to stay abstinent and pure before they get married shouldn't plan a a night alone with wine and a movie. The addicted teenager shouldn't plan to meet his dealer Friday after school. The recovering addict should not plan a doctor's appointment to refill their prescription. The recovering alcoholic should not plan his summer vacation at a location that will pull him back into bondage. The recovering porn addict should not plan a time to go online when he is the most vulnerable. Okay, you get the picture. Again, this is not rocket science. Even the person fighting a food or caffeine addiction should not fill his or her pantry with the enticements that they are addicted to. Again, make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. This is one of the best ways to cut off regret before it even starts. So again, to take it further, search the word temptation at shaneidleman.com or at our church website, um, westsidechristianfellowship.org. Actually, if you search temptation by Shane Eidelman on YouTube or Rumble, you should get more sermons on this topic of temptation that can really help. And again, we're all, we're all in this together. We all struggle with something. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Get back on track. Use this as a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. And a reminder that I'm doing video casting. So you can also watch each chapter on um, YouTube, Rumble, Vimeo, I believe, uh, all the different platforms and share these uh, videos, chapter, each chapter with friends and family who struggle with addiction. Again, I'm reading from the book, Help, I'm Addicted. Free copies are available as downloads. Download, you can download the book free at westsidechristianfellowship.org. Again, that's westsidechristianfellowship.org. The book, of course, is available on Kindle and Amazon and all those other places, but free downloads at the church website. Thank you. I hope that helps. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. 
Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.